This is The Anatomy of Eloquence, a podcast that dissects the innermost workings of great communication. I'm your host, Nick, communication strategist, brand theorist, and resident didactic. For the last decade, I've been helping startups and CEOs reshape their communication with the world. I'm Andrew Yang, not the former presidential candidate, but I was a former presidential speechwriter. And for the past 10 years, I've worked with national leaders, public company CEOs, and startup founders on their communication. Welcome, everybody. We're coming at you from Taipei on a beautiful day, and we're recording episode number four of the Anatomy of Eloquence. And once again, I'm here with my co-host, Nick Howard. Hey, everybody. And so, Nick, this is the fourth episode that we're doing. And I think my conception of podcasting has changed a little bit. Really? How, how would you? Because I, in the beginning, I thought it was about you had to come up with an inspiration, something that you're super gung-ho about every single week, right? Mm-hmm. But then my, my idea has changed because watching you work, I think it's just about sitting down and doing it. The consistency. Exactly. So podcasting is about consistency. And habit, which brings us to today's topic, <laughs> framing. So you have a totally new frame of how to look at podcasting, yeah? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and throughout this episode, we're gonna show you a little bit how framing works, both in a little bit in the political context, but also in the business context. And the inspiration for this goes back to my graduate school professor when I was in Boston studying at.、Uh, Basically, the oldest foreign policy diplomacy school in the U.S. I was supposed to become a diplomat, but I didn't. <laughs> yeah, how'd that work out for you? Yeah, exactly. They tried to send me to Iraq. That's that's what happened. And I was like, no. Actually, no. I said, huh, interesting. And my my parents were like, we will literally disown you if that happened. <laughs> like, yeah, no, you're yeah. not doing that. <laughs> exactly. But I had this professor in graduate school, and he was a a pretty well known. Strategist theorist on、uh, defense policy and military strategy. His name was William Martell,、uh, great professor, and and I I'll always remember the first thing he ever said to us in class, which is, he said, "You're gonna have as you go into your professional like diplomatic career, you're gonna have a lot of debates with some very smart people. Just remember, the key to winning is by framing the debate first." If you can frame the debate your way, you'll most likely win the battle. And which reminds us of Orrin Claff as well. Yeah, the、right. writer of Pitch Anything. Yeah, you've recently read his stuff, right? He really likes to double down on the power of framing. In fact, he builds his entire framework of pitching on. Framing things and just constantly framing、he、calls it frame stacking,、hmm. but that the way to have more power in argument or the way to bend an argument to your side is by constantly framing things from your side. And he has several different, very specifics, but that's what he's. It's just frame, frame, frame. So there you have yeah two people from very different backgrounds. One is in the U.S. defense military establishment. And another one who basically pitches business deals for a, for a living,、yeah. both telling us that framing is important. So in this episode, let's look at what what a frame is and how to use it. And as usual, we'll give you 
quote unquote anatomies, different ways to use framing to reinforce your argument. I mean, in the political context, the most obvious example that comes to mind is the abortion issue. Right? For a while, very very hot as a topic in the U.S. and where you had two sites that both had very powerful frames fighting for attention. One site, the pro-life side, was about it's about the right of babies to live. Right? Very powerful right to life. Right. The other side had an equally strong frame. Pro-choice side was like, no, it's about the freedom of and the right of women to choose. Right, and you actually find that in a lot of very sensitive topics, you'll find that both sides, like one, if you're looking at one side, you might frame it as for and against, like pro、right. or anti. But very often, in order to Change the context. They'll always find something that's more positive, and they'll reframe the context. So, pro-choice is about women choosing what they want to do. Pro-life is about the life of the child. They're just framing it around different things,、mm, right? And when they're framing, you'll you'll find that they tend to go to what what are called commonplaces,、mm -hmm. which is like these these general ideas that are very hard to argue with. For example, in the U.S., if you frame it in terms of liberty and the the right, the freedom to pursue happiness, yeah, or was it the right to pursue happiness? I'm such a terrible American. Yeah, we have the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the, the right. right to pursue happiness, right?、Mm. If you frame it in that way, oftentimes it becomes very hard to argue with you, right? Just because your frame is so strong, it's something that literally everybody around you will agree with. Or you'll run into situations where it's like. If you're not for something, you're anti-American. Right. So it's like you're either for or against,、yeah. and they'll just frame it so that anything that gets said makes you look the opposite.、Yeah. But then the other side will often try and find a way to reframe that conversation. There has also been some very powerful framing in the corporate context. Do you have some examples of these? Yeah, you see this all the time in the way that corporates will frame a product in your mind. So, for example, we talk about the iPhone. The iPhone literally has the name "phone" in it. If you look at like any commercial, any advertisement, or anyone talking about the iPhone, the phone capabilities are like either not discussed or it's the last thing discussed. Right? How well can you take pictures? How well can you capture the your lives, capture your memories of your family? Yeah. This becomes the important battleground for phones. Right. Other examples you see is when a company has a hard time, quote unquote, winning certain competitions. In the case of Nintendo, Nintendo we talked about in our last episode, where they had to reframe what the future of video game consoles was. When it came to graphic power, realism in the games, they didn't really have that much. So they said,、mm. you know, what? we're not going to compete on the hardware level.、Mm. We're going to go. Gaming is about your interaction with the device.、Hmm. You've talked a lot in your own articles or in discussions that Uber also did this. Yep, that it's trying to reframe how we look at cars in our daily lives. I mean, initially everybody thought about. I mean, literally growing up, owning a car was like part of the dream, right? Yeah, like it was like just, a symbol of freedom. Like, like growing up, like fifteen, I can get my learner's permit. Sixteen, I'm free, right? <laughs> right, and it doesn't matter whether. 
your your car was a really nice one yeah. or a shitty little like hem hem me down, hem me down with yeah. the doors falling off. <laughs> exactly, like having your car is that special moment. But Uber basically reframed that into no, it's about it's not about ownership. It's about accessibility, or it's about access to transportation, access to mobility, whenever and wherever you want it. Because they're also looking that they're. Ideas in the future, our interaction with cars will be drastically different. Right, a car will drive itself. I don't need to own the car.、Mm-hmm. I just need the car to take me somewhere. Yeah. So really, from ownership to access. Yeah. On demand, anytime, anywhere. And the last major example that pops into my mind is McDonald's,、mm-hmm. and the way that McDonald's reframes things, you know, brings back the Mad Men quote to me, which is, "If you don't like what's being said." Change the conversation, which is in the fast food world, you always get into these health debates, right? It's not healthy. It's not good for you. McDonald's gets sued several times for creating obesity. They cannot go back, and they've tried several times, like add salads or add these things. It's hard for them to talk about the health quality of their food, so they reframed it and just said their slogan is "I'm loving it." Right, they've reframed around. Says I don't go to McDonald's because it's about the health of the food or the quality of food. It's just I love what they make. I love what they do,、hmm. and so that's good enough for me. Yeah. All right. So jumping into it, how does someone actually go about starting to frame the argument? You can use framing in basically two simple steps. The first step is to find the frame. Now, finding the frame. Is easier said than done, because oftentimes the best frames, they actually emerge from a long career of working on an issue and a problem, and one day, tada! You find a magical frame. Why didn't I think about this before? Yeah, like this totally changes <laughs> the way that I look at things. It should have been intuitive, <laughs> but oftentimes it's not because it's about looking at things very differently、yes. than someone else. It's like, what do you now see that other people didn't? Yeah, and、totally. why is that powerful? And once you find a frame, a unique angle into the problem, then you can start using and testing the frame. And this is essential, right? Testing, testing the frame on other people. To see how persuasive it is. Okay, so two steps: find the frame, and then test the frame. Now, the following are three anatomies for using the frame. Anatomy one is what we call the basic version, which goes like this: One, we've spent many years working on X problem. Two. At some point, we realize that the problem or the issue is really about this thing, this key, and that's your frame, right? When you say it's about this, that that thing is your frame, and the third one is if you want to work on this problem and you want to solve it, if you don't solve this issue, the rest doesn't really matter. And so, just to give you an example, Nick and I, our team, we've been. Helping startups tell better stories for a for a few years now. At some point, we realize that it really is about consistency. It's about what they do to hone their communication from day to day, rather than what we can make happen in a single workshop. Once we realize that, 
is about consistent practice, almost the way that you would approach fitness. Once we realized that, we changed our approach to consistent, longer-term engagement rather than one, two, or three single workshops because we realize that if you don't get the consistency part right, the rest doesn't really matter. There's your basic frame. Taking that basic frame idea, one way that you can expand it is our second anatomy, where we look at the competition frame, where you start to build in your competition's way of looking or your competition's angle and then moving onto your own frame. So the anatomy looks a lot like one, when we look at this problem. Two, a lot of people think it's about, and then talk about your first competitor's framing. And some other people think it's about, and then talk about your second competitor's framing. But in our XX number years of experience, we found that it's really about, and then you put in your own frame. That's the key. So for example, recently in the VC and startup world, there's a lot of debate about community first, right? So if someone was to use this anatomy, they may frame it like this. There's a lot of debate about how businesses, really effective businesses should get started. Some people think it's about having a solid technology first. A lot of research institutes build all this great science and tech, and then they go and try and find a market. Yeah, we've seen a lot of those. Yes. And other people think it's about getting that market validation first. If you have a really good marketing campaign or a branding campaign, you don't even need to have a product. Kickstarter is a perfect example of this. People just drop their ideas up there and they're really good at marketing it. And whether the product exists or not is irrelevant. But recently, a lot of people are thinking about how do we frame around community first? If you look at influencers or micro-influencers, a lot of times they don't go into it thinking, I'm going to develop a product. It's they just go and find and gather a ton of people around something that they all love. They all love this kind of fashion. They all love this kind of gaming. And then once you have that community together, an idea is going to pop out of that and you're going to be able to build something. So, But it's not about a product. It's not even about marketing. It's just, how do I build a community and then what do I do with their ideas after? Yeah, very powerful frame. And actually, sometimes you can know how powerful a frame is and by thinking through the implications. Mm. So let's say you treat yourself as a product or a technology-first company versus treating yourself, seeing yourself as a community-first company. That dictates what you do. Yeah. Your behavior would be very different under no those scenarios. Just as if you see yourself as marketing first, right? Mm. Then your behavior will be very different. So a powerful frame gets you to think about and think through your behavior and follow-up actions in a very different way. And the same goes with our final, third but not least, final anatomy, which is the future frame. And it goes like, everyone is obsessed with this. This thing is going to be the future and you pick whatever hot trend it is, blockchain, mm -hmm. artificial intelligence. But if we imagine a future with this technology or in this industry, it has to fulfill a basic requirement. If it doesn't, then it's simply not going to be a future that people want. Okay. 
So future frame. This thing is the future, but it has to fulfill this. And this thing is your frame. It has to fulfill your frame, your condition. And one point that readily comes to mind that has been very popular is privacy. Because for, for a while, people imagine what the future of social, the future of the internet right, is going to be. And people imagine all these possibilities with uh, crap tons of money flowing around. And then people kind of step back and realize, wait a minute, we kind of forgot a little bit about privacy or underemphasized it. Right. So now you have a lot of companies coming out. And recently, I forgot what the name was, but I saw a company that's building a, a new search engine. And I think they're being funded by Sequoia. If we oh, find right. it, we'll, yeah. we'll put it in the notes. But they, they're really framing it around privacy hmm. and about you owning your data. Right. I think their frame is about like how your cookies work. Your cookies should mm. not be saved together. There should be individual places and a way to separate it all. Yeah, out. yeah, exactly. And so this is a way to reframe. I think Apple has used that as well to yeah. its advantage. Whether you like Apple or not, that's the framing they're going, right? That the iPhone is privacy first. Right. So once again, they're reframing the smartphone as about privacy. And yeah, there's a lot of technologies, not just the browser you're talking about, but there's another browser company, Brave, who built their entire idea about like how much of your data gets saved in your computer or is accessible to people and how to minimize that for a better internet yeah. experience. And Another frame that I that I saw recently that I thought was interesting was Mark Zuckerberg did this interview with the information where he he talks about what Facebook is doing and is united around a pretty powerful frame because he says that Facebook is a social company. We all know that. And he still believes that social has a big future, right? But social to him is is not so much about staying in touch as text messaging services allow us to do or Zoom calls or it's not about not really about staying in touch but about being present. I found that to be a cool frame. Yeah. Because what does what does being present mean? It means that you know your loved ones may live thousands of miles away from you. But the technology should enable you to sit in their living room or for them to sit next to you on your patio as if you were really physically next to each other. And that's why Facebook has gotten into AR, VR, you know, all kinds of sensors, um, input technologies that allows, that's building towards that future. So framing, I found that to be a powerful frame. The future of social is not about staying in touch, but about being present. Yeah, and this becomes very interesting, like you were talking about, so Facebook has gone crazy on the acquisitions of AR and VR, and originally it just looks like you know, Mark Zuckerberg's trying to build the Oasis. He's trying to make us all... <laughs> well, he is. Yeah, I mean, he's trying to make us all Wade Watts, but there's a different frame where it's like, all of this technology should allow you to feel connected to people as though you're in the same room. Right. So just to recap, the basic frame is basically, I've been working on this issue for a long time, and I realized that it's all about this. And you insert your frame and you say, this is really critical. The second is the competitive frame where you look at an issue and you say, some people think it's about X, other think it's about Y. But in my experience, it's really about Z. And that's your frame. And then the future frame is, this thing obviously is going to be a part of our future, be it self-driving, artificial intelligence. But if we imagine a future with that technology, 
if it doesn't fulfill this condition, and that's your frame, then that's just not going to be a future that we want. We hope that you guys can put these frames to the test. Our last piece of advice is always similar to Presentality's basic frame, it's consistency. Yes. Pitching, presentation, communication is about fitness. It's what you do every day. It's how you practice consistently and put it to work. Take these frames, go out, put them to the test, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Sayonara. Bye.